Welcome to Facts Roundtable, a podcast dedicated to navigating life with food allergies across the lifespan. Presented in a welcoming format with interviews and open discussions, each episode will explore a specific topic, leaving you with the facts to know or use. Information presented via this podcast is educational and not intended to provide individual medical advice. Please consult with your personal board-certified allergist or healthcare providers for advice specific to your situation. Hi, everyone. I'm Caroline Mawasasi, and I am your host for the Fact Roundtable podcast. I am a food allergy parent, advocate, and the founder of the Grateful Foodie blog, and I am Fact's Vice President of Community Relations. Before we start today's very interesting conversation, I just want to pause for just a moment to say thank you to DBV Technologies for being a very kind sponsor of FACTS Roundtable podcast. Please note that today's guest was not sponsored by DBV or compensated in any way by the sponsor to participate in this specific podcast. Today, we're exploring how one parent strategized teaching their student with food allergy life skills, including what things they wish they had taught their student before heading off to college. Gail Riccioni, parent, CEO, and co-founder of Allergy Force Food Allergy App, candidly shares her experiences with her family and then why her app, Allergy Force, is sometimes called peace of mind in your pocket. Welcome, Gail, to Facts Roundtable Podcast. I am absolutely ecstatic you are here to talk to us today. I personally learn from you so much, and my family benefits from Allergy Force. So I'm excited for the world to see what I see. Well, I, Caroline, I'm so grateful to be invited to, to join you on the podcast. We have lots of, you know, helpful, cool stuff to go through together, and it's just, just always such a pleasure to, to work with you. Well, thank you. And we're going to start right now. So many people may not know that you're not only a food allergy advocate and parent, but you're also the CEO and co-founder of the Allergy Force Food Allergy app. So can you share your background as a parent and a food allergy advocate? And we're also going to talk about Allergy Force in just a little bit, but if you can just give people a little background on what Allergy Force is too. Okay, so um, let me just start with the parenting journey. My oldest son is, has multiple food allergies, and uh, he was born in the late 90s. So it was a pretty long journey. <laughs> it already has been a pretty long journey. And at that time, you know, there wasn't much out there. It was kind of traveling solo. You were a little bit of a trailblazer. You didn't have social media. You didn't have the internet. You didn't have easy access to communities. There was no OIT at the time. There was no component blood testing to give you more clarity about the sensitivity to certain allergens. So you were just winging it a lot of the time. I felt called to advocacy because, you know, I, I trailblazed my way through it, but I know how hard it is to be newly diagnosed with food allergies. And I'm hopeful through our website, Allergy Force website and the app that we can make the journey a little easier for people who are newly diagnosed. There's a lot to learn from lived experience. Well, honestly, because you and I are in the same age group and our kids are in the same age group, that was the only way we learned back in the day was literally physically from each other, verbally coming together and meeting. And so now it's nice that we can use technology in our favor, but no matter what, we just learn from each other. Yeah, when we found each other. 
sometimes it was a little hard to to find that that community of of like-minded you know people who are going through the same thing but yeah so um you know i think there's a lot to learn from lived experience and so it's my hope by sharing things learned from my long experience as a food allergy parent that we can help make it easier for other families well i think we'll definitely do that so now looking back on your child's experience in college and young adult life with food allergies, what would you say were the most important items that you taught your child to prepare for life on their own as they manage those food allergies? All right. There's three things, and I think of them as fundamental. The first is all the ins and outs of their food allergy diagnosis. And that may sound easier than it is, but when my guy started out, he had about 12 discrete food allergies. So it was hard for him to keep track of that list and know all the ins and outs and figure out kind of where they might be hiding. So your kids really need to understand their food allergy diagnosis, A to Z. Second thing is food label reading skills. That is, is such a fundamental to living safely and living well with food allergies. They, and, you know, these things aren't something you have to wait to teach to the readers. You know, there, there are ways to start teaching and familiarizing them with food label reading by making it a game when they're actually rather small. But that's a really fundamental skill. And the third one is also something that can be taught over time, but it's um, self-advocacy skills. Like they have to, at a certain point, learn how to articulate their diagnosis, to explain it to find the courage to speak sometimes to people who might be older than them. But self-advocacy skills are really a fundamental. So those are the three things that I think kids absolutely need to be comfortable with as they get older, especially as they leave for college. On that note, exactly. When we were looking at colleges for Cyrus back when he was a junior, I actually wrote a list of like, what skills does he need to leave the house with? And this speaks directly to that where I just sat back and I said, okay, what does he really need when he gets out? And communication was huge. I mean, because I think that's the glue that keeps everything together. Absolutely. And, but you have to have knowledge to back up the communication skills. So there, there's a lot of know-how and knowledge that drive or feed into the ability to communicate. Because I think of the skills they need, there's sort of these fundamentals, which are the know-how and knowledge base. And then there's the applications, which are very specialized scenarios where they're, they're tapping into their, their fundamentals to be able to navigate these special scenarios, like going out to a restaurant. That is, that's a complicated thing or socializing with their peers. And that's also an application, but it draws on many of the things that the fundamentals cover. So now what are your thoughts on role-playing, like in teaching young people how to do something? I don't know if you've ever done it or do you have any thoughts on it? I absolutely do <laughs> because I'd be jumping a little bit ahead possibly in the conversation, but that was where I feel from a parenting standpoint, we really had a missed. We really relied on role modeling, just expecting that our son would gain knowledge and learn how to do things by observing our behavior and learn, you know, observing how we handle situations. And it was really naive. They don't learn how to, to navigate the, their allergic life by osmosis. 
And so that's where I wish we had incorporated, you know, scripts and, you know, role play. And those things can actually be added or taught or used when the kids are really, really young. You know, I can give you an example. Everybody, when they get their epinephrine, gets uh, a trainer, right? And who's to say it? It it, would be, you know, give your two-year-old, your three-year-old a trainer so that they can, you know, use it on their stuffed animals or use it on their dolls. And, you know, you, you normalize it as part of life, you know, and so you teach them, oh, gee, if you, you know, have a sick tummy or you, you're feeling itchy or you're not feeling so good, you use the trainer and you give your, your stuffed toy a, a, an epinephrine shot. And so that's a normalization, but it's role play and it's also age appropriate. Well, and you bring up a good point, normalization. I think just having it as part of everyday life, like I know with my kids, the doctor had told us, you know, when you pay your trash bill, bring out the trainer and just have the kids see it and normalize it. So I think that's really key too, right, is normalizing that self-advocacy. Right. Or like another example, you you don't have to wait till the kids are readers to start label reading. You know, how many, I mean, think about it. Our kids, when my kids were growing up, they had play kitchens, you know, with the fruit and the, they used to play kitchens and bake and, and do pretend grocery shopping. Well, add in an extra step, reading the label or pretend reading the label. That's an easy thing to do, but it, it kind of builds on their imaginary play and it, it familiarizes them with the need to not only throw things in a basket, but to stop, pause and look at the label. Okay, how cute would that be to see their little kitchens and them little label reading? Oh my gosh, I would eat that up. Well, just pretend, you know, and, and so that's, that's part of role play, but role play evolves as, as their skill sets evolve. So for example, if you're trying to, to teach or get them comfortable with the restaurant conversation, you know, it's, it's a lot to expect them to soak it up from your repeated demonstration at restaurants. Why not have a script for them and role play and you're, you know, you're the chef at the restaurant and they're, they're the customer and they try and walk their, their way through their, their food allergies and explain cross contact and just get comfortable. So it almost becomes their elevator pitch. Well, and like you just said, getting them comfortable, that's so important. But the elevator pitch really is important, right? Just on how do you explain your allergens? How do you handle the restaurant? There's so much to that. You are really sharing amazing tips. This is absolutely great. And you've naturally segued us into the next question, which was, you know, the the flip side. What do you think you might have missed or wish you had taught in addition to that role playing? Is there anything else? Um, yeah, I think I would have, uh, paused a little more often and taken a breath a little more often to give my son the chance to pipe in or take the lead. Certainly can, uh, you know, reflecting back on our restaurant experiences, I was often too quick to dive in and not really even give him the chance to drive the conversation. So it's really being mindful about pausing and giving that opportunity them opportunity to lead or dive in the other area where I think it was a miss was you know I was a high efficiency mom with three kids right so when the kids were at school you're busy checking off the to-do list you know the errands you know renew the epinephrine prescription at the pharmacy school is starting okay I, you know 
while they're at their orientation, I'm going to be, you know, dropping that epinephrine, refreshed epinephrine off at the nurse's office and go about my way and check off the to-do list. Well, what about taking a breath and including your child in that process? Like, for example, there, there were so many misses where my son really should have been uh, with me to drop off the medication when he was little. And then by middle school or later middle school, should have been handling that process all by himself, just to get accustomed to talking to the nurse, getting comfortable with the nurse, having a relationship with the nurse. So I think that would have been important to be more inclusive. Or even the renewals of, of prescriptions, at least getting them to the pharmacy to see you do it. And eventually, as they're older into high school, like having them as their drivers to go pick it up themselves or teaching them to call the, their allergists to say, I, I need to have this renewed, right? Because eventually when they're in college, they may have to renew a prescription, not just for epinephrine, but possibly for an inhaler or a controller medication for asthma, teaching them to have that, that conversation with their medical provider comfortably, and then also kind of transitioning or, or translating that to the, the prescription and the pickup from the pharmacy. So those are really important skills that help them be independent. Well, especially when we're so busy, you know, if you, you know, picking up your kids at five from school or aftercare and you're trying to rush home and get dinner and get things going, it is so natural for us to just take over and get it done because you're just trying to, right, you're just trying to, to get through the day. But I do have a little funny side story to share. So I had Cyrus start filling out all his forms. So from his junior year in high school, you know, the medical forms at the dentist's office, doctor's office, allergist's office. So when he started school in his first year at undergrad college, he got sick and he went to urgent care and he filled out his forms. And then he called me and he's like, mom, you wouldn't believe it. He said, they said I filled out those forms the best they'd ever seen. And he he was so proud at his form, you know, filling skills. It was hysterical because that's what he led with, not with what happened at the office, what they said, what the diagnosis was. He was so happy someone complimented his form filling abilities. It was absolutely hysterical. We were laughing so hard. We're like, oh, Cyrus. Yeah, but it's uh, that's such, I hadn't even thought of that, but that is such an important skill. I mean, think about how many camp forms you fill out and the medical forms for school and just they're, they're endless. And so to transition that and to, to teach them and to show them, um, is really, really an important life skill that you're, te- you're teaching. It, it definitely is. But again, he was very funny. So now let's switch gears and let's talk about allergy force. Was this one of your solutions to not only support your child, but all of our kids who are leaving the nest? So can you explain what allergy force is and its peace of mind in your pocket? Explain to everybody, what does that mean? I know what it means. Yeah, well, the, the app was designed to to resolve particular pain points that we live with as food allergy families. And so there's many apps out there that do one thing, you know, and and that's why you download it because it does one thing well. We created what we like to think of as the Swiss Army knife, a food allergy app that's sort of like keeping your allergy mom in your pocket. Um, and the app itself has a uh, set of features that are both for emergencies and then also for everyday use. 
And so starting with the emergencies, it can help you like think through an emergency, what to do. You can call 911. You can reach your emergency contacts with the tap of a button. It gives you a, a response guide that'll help you decide what, what you need to do. You can include your, your emergency care plan in it. It's got pharmacy finder, hospital finder. It even has a reaction, allergic reaction diary so that you can log what happened in your reaction. So you have a full record for the next time you go to your allergist. So it's a very comprehensive suite of features for emergencies. Every day is different. You know, you're trying to communicate with restaurants. Well, the app can send your explanation for all of your allergies to a restaurant in 21 languages. You know, the app can help you find a recipe. The app can scan a barcode at the, at the grocery store. When the FDA call, recalls a, a food for allergen contamination, you have a, a whole running list of the most recent recalls from the FDA. So um, it really helps you navigate every day and also emergencies. It is so comprehensive. It blows my mind. I'm obviously biased because my family uses it. But I have to say, when it was first developed, I don't think I understood the breadth of what it can do. And I think that's something that's really important to point out to listeners. You know, if you do go to explore this app, give yourself a little time and go through it. But my favorite feature, and then Gail, I'm going to ask you your favorite feature, but my favorite feature is the emergency area. And I'm going to share this with listeners right now. What I like about it is at the very top of the screen, when you log in, It says, if you think you ate food that you're allergic to, one, try to get someone to stay with you. And to me, with my young adult children, I feel that that's the thing that they don't do. They immediately don't want to be a burden. They immediately want to go to a corner and they want to take care of it. And we know that's super dangerous. So I just find how the app actually brings you through an emergency is critical. So it tells you, get someone to stay with you, check your symptoms. I just find that the app brings you through on how to deal with that allergic reaction. And in the upper right corner, there's a nice bright red button that says 911. And Gail just mentioned this, you press that button. And not only can you call 911, it will send a message to your contacts. I mean, as a mom, that's exactly what I want. I don't want my kid trying to dial me and my husband and get epinephrine and get help from a friend and and blah, 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 blah. That that is amazing to me. And so these are my favorite elements, but what is your favorite part of this app? Oh, it was made to solve pain points that we struggled with through life. So I love all the features because I think they have a place. They're very practical. But I think what I really love, and I'll share a little story. I like the um, restaurant explanation. Uh, restaurant explanation is it pulls up all your allergies and it allows you to email, send an email explanation or print it out yourself before you go to a restaurant. And it, it does it in 21 languages and it's free. So say, for example, you're doing a global, you know, a trip to Europe or something and you know you'll be crossing three or four different countries. Well, you could, you know, print out your explanation and all the languages that you think you might encounter before you go or when you're at the hotel, you email the explanation to your phone, right? And you can show it to the restaurant before you go or show it to the concierge or, or someone at the hotel to, to help you. 
I love the, this particular feature because we were traveling internationally and we had a very mangled copy of our Italian translation and it was pretty hard to read. And so we were pulling it out of the backpack thinking, oh, is it going to get us through one more meal? And it barely did. But that was sort of the inspiration for the app. It's like, there's got to be a better way. And so that was really the first feature that we dreamed up. And then we kept brainstorming and adding more pain point solutions as we built out the app. Well, and it's interesting. I never knew of this feature. So while you were talking, I pulled it up. That is amazing. I just sent it to myself. And I can't believe how easy that was. And and that I never knew about this feature. That's why I'm saying is like, take time and dig through. I don't know how I miss this. Yeah, so it, it's pretty easy to use. And, you know, a good chunk of the features are free. So when you download the app, you, you have access to to the FDA recall information and to the the uh, most of the emergency features like the 911 calling and the contact you know, allergic reaction diary. So um, many features are free. There's even another one that's really cool, which is is a um, friends and family explanation. I mean, how many times do you have to go through the explanation when you're setting up a play date or you're preparing for a holiday? And you can send this. It's already formatted. It just you know, you can direct it to a person, you can give them your email, so they can write you back. It lists all your allergies and explains exactly what, you know, what allergies are and what cross contact is. And it saves you a step because you're always sharing the same information. And that the friends and family explanation is also free. Wow, there's quite a bit here. So how can people find the app? Um, You can access it, just go to www.com allergyforce.com. And you can access the app from there. Excellent. Well, thank you for sharing those details. And again, listeners, I'm biased. Let's just be out with it because my family uses it and there are features here I haven't even seen, but it's worth taking a look at, even just taking advantage of some of those free features. Because the whole point is just to keep our family safe. Right. Yeah. So you can have peace of mind. You go about your life, you live free, you have confidence, you manage fear, keep fear where it should be so that you live your best life. And so that that's really the intent and the spirit behind the app is freeing people to live their best life. Perfect. Thank you so much. So we're coming close to the end of our conversation, but I do have one more question for you. If you could only give a fellow parent and caregiver one tip about preparing for college, what would that be? I think that the tip would be to start early. It's scaffolding, it's building blocks. So everything you teach has value. And so you can, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier about role playing or, you know, um, normalizing use of epinephrine or reading food labels. And you know, preparing your child for college shouldn't be a crash course the minute they get that acceptance letter in their hands. It's it's gradually, it's, it's age appropriate, it's done over time. There's plenty of time to prepare and get them ready, but you have to kind of restrain yourself and when they're ready, let them drive, let them lead. You know, it's, it's teach, teach, teach. You know, it's like getting the learner's permit. You're in the car. You wish you had the, <laughs> the brake pedal on your side of the car and you grit your teeth and you, you help them gain experience driving. And then they get their license and you're no longer in the car. Well, you, the licensing process really starts kind of happening in high school. And, you know, the learner's permit 
processes kind of middle school into high school. Before then, you're, you know, they're with you and you're driving them everywhere and you're showing them everything, right? Just um, know that it's not a panic. It's not, you know, a crash course before college, but start early, you know, just tiny chunks. Great words of wisdom. So as we wrap up, is there anything we missed? Is there anything you want to make sure listeners hear from you? I just actually had one more little tip (laughs) that I wanted to share. It was the concept of, of building habits. And sometimes when something is a habit, you just do it automatically because you don't even realize that you've done it. And for food allergy safety, there's so many little habits that you can start when they're very little that just become the way you do things. You know, for example, something that's right for habit formation is just wearing a small piece of of, um, medical ID jewelry. And when they're little and you're teaching them how to dress, well, that's part of getting dressed, right? And you know, it can become smaller and more discreet the older they get, but it's just something you, you wear every day, you know, a non-issue. It's a habit. And uh, same for carrying up an Ephraim, you know, just it's a habit, <laughs> you know, it's it's always with you in some form, you know, it's either on your body or on your mom's body or something like that, but it's, you know, make it a habit and start, start making it a habit early. And then the habits just, you know, they're formed, they stick. So those would be, that would be another suggestion. Gail, we're at the end of our conversation today, but this has been such a robust discussion on how we can prepare our children for college. I really appreciate your time today. All right. Well, thank you, Caroline. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's been such a joy to talk with you. And I know I think as, as you know, longtime food allergy moms, food allergy parents, we have a, we've covered a lot of territory, you know, separately, but, but together too, right? So um, anyway, but thank you for the opportunity to share and to pass along some, some lived experience. Before we say goodbye today, I just want to thank DBV Technologies one more time for being a very kind sponsor of FACT's Roundtable podcast. Please note that today's guest was not sponsored by DBV Technologies or compensated in any way by the sponsor to participate in this specific podcast. Thank you for listening to Facts Roundtable podcast. Stay tuned for future episodes coming soon. Please subscribe, leave a review, and listen to our podcast on Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Have a great day and always be kind to one another.